14 minutes past 10, it's Steve Vines time. Steve is coming home and he's probably the only thing this week that is. How are <laughs> well, you? I, I, I'm just going to do something a bit out of character. Could we start off with some good news? Oh, I mean, normal service, normal grumpy service will be resumed at a later stage. But, but, but so I, I, I've noticed three events which are really good news this week. Uh, obviously, the first one is the rescue of those kids from the cave. How blinding was that? Which that was is just really, unmitigatingly really wonderful. And the more I hear about what happened, the more impressive it is. I mean, I, 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 let me just give you one thing that I was really impressed by. You know they had to pump out millions of gallons of water yeah. <coughs> from the caves. Well, the point was, where was it going to go? And it, it mainly went into fields that are currently being used for the cultivation of rice. Mm. And the point is that those villagers had um, all volunteered. They said to the people who were in charge of the rescue, they said, you know, don't worry, we'll, we'll give up our crop. The most important thing is to get those lads out of, out of, the, ca- out of the cave. Yeah. And, you know, these are very poor people who, who just instantly came up with, you know, this is our livelihood, but we're more worried about those kids coming out of the cave. I thought that was very wonderful. Makes a pleasant change it in this really day and age. It really does. It really does. You know, you had the level of international cooperation with all the divers who volunteered really and when you use the word selflessly in this case it, it actually applies rushing off to northern thailand to help you had um the spirit of those kids i mean i don't know and we still don't know all of the story but i mean it's pretty impressive that these young teenage boys managed to remain cheerful and motivated in what must have been a terrifying circumstance i, I, th- I, I think only an, anybody who does this kind of thing for fun would be able to tell us just how terrifying it is yeah. down there i mean i i feel pretty pretty claustrophobic just going exactly. into a cave let yeah, alone yeah. being stuck in there for almost two weeks or for two weeks in fact so i mean that that was a great story and we don't get many of those no and then you know in the middle of the week we have Liu Sha finally being released uh let me ask you this what's the sting in that tale well I, got I was just to be there is a sting there is a sting and the sting is is that her brother um, is virtually still um, uh, remains as a hostage in China. I mean, he um, he, he's called uh, Liu Hui. He he, um, is also, uh, in in a way, I suppose you could say an activist, which incidentally she wasn't. She just happened to be married to Liu Xiaobo and uh, she got placed under house arrest for eight years, which incidentally the Chinese unconvincingly deny ever happened. Um, But, you know, he's still there and she has to be rather careful about what she says in Germany now because she's understandably worried about what happens to the rest of her family. But, you know, at least she's out. That is good news. And you saw that now famous picture of her arriving in Helsinki on her way to Berlin. Mm-hmm. That, that sort of open-armed, uh, joyful smile. smile. And you've seen other images of her over the years which certainly didn't look like that. But, of course, on the day she was released, and, I mean, this just tells you the monstrous nature of the regime, you see in another Chinese court, um, Chin Yongman, being convicted for 13 years for subversion of state, blah, blah, blah. That's after 22 previous years. Yes. I mean, that man has been in jail for for most of his adult life. Mm. And so you've got this awful picture, you know, the the Chinese, of course, deny that any politics are involved. You know, it's like the 
Pope denying that he's a Catholic is just ridiculous. You know, there clearly was a high level of diplomatic activity between Germany and the United, uh, and, and China. The fact that there was a state visit by the Chinese Premier going on in Berlin at the mm-hmm. time of her release, if that was a coincidence, you know... Well. I'm also the Pope. Hmm. <laughs> Father, bless me, for I have sinned. <laughs> yes. And, and, and then there was another piece of good news for Britain, or oh, yeah. England, I should say. We have finally managed not to win any more games in the World Cup. I mean, you know, how vulgar has it been for Britain to... Uh, so I keep saying Britain, it's England. For England to do well at the World Cup. We don't compete for that reason. We go there to play the game, let the other chaps come through... Give them a chance. Be jolly sporting about it. I mean, it was it was tipping towards vulgarity to advance this far into the finals. I mean, just a breath away from actually being in the final. I mean, honestly, I must say there must have been a sigh of relief throughout the country that we didn't get to have to suffer the embarrassment of, of, of actually of winning. Winning. I mean, because you know that, that and, you know, then you can't have all those mournful radio countries. Well, you know, the lads, lads play well, but you know, I think in a way they was robbed. Football was the winner. <laughs> Football was the winner. <laughs> yes. So, I, I mean, if anybody wish, wishes for a platitude or a cliche, I can supply it at a cost uh, there are so many of them but you know i mean it i, I did i did yesterday or, or this morning i should say <coughs> breathe a sigh of relief yeah because you know i mean the ultimate the ultimate vulgarity would have been britain repeating its disgraceful performance the, in the battle of waterloo england well now england well there's oh, the sorry, battle of waterloo and there was 1966 when for some peculiar reason england actually won the world cup i don't know what that was all about yeah and that was not that was not showing the spirit that we expect what about this it's in, shall we say, a little bit of turmoil at the moment, the UK, one way and another. I do That's what the President of the United like States says. Do, now, <coughs> do you think that they cheer people up, things like yes. this? Oh, yeah. absolutely. I mean, Harold Wilson, who was the great masterly uh, manipulator of politics, was the British Prime Minister in the 1970s, always used to say, you know, that, that, that his, his fortunes went along with, with, with uh, what was going on in the football field. I suppose so. But it's a very strange time. People are taking bets on them. the the, the British well, Prime the, Minister now. How long is she going to last? Boris I, has left, but I reckon it's because he wants to be the PM. Well, of course. I mean, that, that <laughs> vastly ghastly man. I mean, incidentally, can I just say that there is dismay in, in the satirist circles across the United Kingdom yeah. at the departure of Boris Johnson and David Davis. I mean, you know, they were a golden gift to any satirist. You know, oh, Rhys Mogg has got to take Rhys Mogg, of course, isn't isn't the foreign secretary. Sure, he's but not I mean, the he's a secretary. He's got kick me he's, here. He's, he's, on him. he's a he's a yeah. Well, he's a whatever he is. Yeah, but you know, you it, the, the idea. I mean, you know, it, it is a joke. I mean, Boris Johnson is a walking joke, a walking sort of bundle of blonde ambition, and you know, that's a wah wah wah. You know, sick transit, glorious foreigners. Blah, 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 blah. You know. I mean, if, if, if you're a satirist and you can't make anything out of Boris well, Johnson, you have to dig your own grave. I think, I think that, w- I mean, they've, they've milked that one for all it's They worth. have milked, so maybe it was time for him to shuffle off the yeah. satirist stage. I mean, he's a man of pure, pure ambition and nothing else. Yeah. Um, and uh, a talent to entertain, but certainly not a talent to be the foreign secretary. What an embarrassment now, let me he get was. my head around this. Uh, anyway, he, so bad for satirists. He, he spat the dummy... Because she wasn't doing 
a, a Brexit Brexit. No, I, th- I think I think to be absolutely fair, it's very confusing. Boris thing. Johnson has been consistent throughout this whole Brexit debate. Yeah, which no, is he fact. has yes he has he has always thought of the main issue, which is the career of Boris. Ah, right. And the career of Boris, he thought at the time of the referendum, was best served by switching sides from being a Remainer to being a Brexiteer. And he was right, because, in fact, they did win that referendum. He now thinks that Theresa May is dead meat and the Tory party will be looking for a new leader and he will modestly contemplate well, putting himself for... much else am I? I'm polishing the turds and I'm ready to be a prime minister. Well, anyway, I have no ambition whatsoever. I only want to be prime minister. Yeah, so, I mean, you've got all that going on. Guess a bit more about Brexit, Steve. We haven't talked about this for we bl- have blinking I mean, ages. I mean, um, if you want a dictionary definition of a mess, you might well you might well look at this. I mean, what is it? What is it that people don't get in the camp of those who support Brexit? It's going to ruin the economy. It's going to ruin Britain's standing as an international power. Oh, and by the way, it's causing enormous internal divisions within the country. Other than that, I think it's it's, it's really a great success. Fair play. I mean, you know, I mean, uh, uh, what I love about the Brexiteers is every time they come across a problem, and you look at the really intractable problems, which is that there's only one part of the United Kingdom that has a land border with the European Union, which, of course, is Ireland, and the the exit from the European Union creates enormous, not just economic, but political problems. Logistical problems. Well, and they're going, oh yes, this can be solved by technology. (laughs) And you say, well, what technology is that exactly? (laughs) Oh, well, I don't acknowledge it, I've been developed. So sorry, didn't quite catch what you said that technology was that was going to solve. This is typical defeatist talk. I'm not having... They cannot answer plain questions. There is no technology to solve that problem. No, none, nothing. There is perhaps a few little gizmos that you can use to get lorries to... So to, carnage to, to ensues, basically, on that. Carnage ensues, but I think the real thing is it's very damaging to the, to the nation as a whole to be inva- involved in this process, because... It will it will end in tears. That's the only thing you know. You don't know how it will end in tears. You just know it will end in tears. Can't the North become a special administrative region? <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's a thought. With full autonomy and possibly a basic law, which could be reinterpreted from London as as you know, there you go. As became necessary. You've that sorted out. Actually, hasn't been proposed. I'm surprised. <laughs> well, thank you. That's, well, it's the obvious that, thing, isn't that's, it? That and technology is the solution to that one. Next, well, I've, I've done my day today, then, <laughs> haven't I? Let's bring, let's, as... let's bring it home, Steve. <laughs> let's bring it home. Well, oh God, when we bring it home, I don't um, even know what you want to talk about today. Well, I mean, it's just such a blur of. I, 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 there's just such a grayness. blur of, of stuff, isn't there? Well, I'm, I'm afraid. And I'm sorry to use these two words on on a public radio station, but I'm afraid I'm going to talk about Junius Ho. Sorry, I do apologise. Junius Ho. What's he done now? Yeah, what's he done now? I mean, he is the odious um, legislator for for the um, underworld, who this week... And when I say this to you, you'll think... Did he really say this? He goes to a meeting in Legco with representatives from the ethnic uh, minorities and says, well, I've got a plan for you. Send them well, down the mines. Send them down. Well, no, not even that. He says, you know, you're, 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 you're pretty dumb and, you know, inadequate. So what we could have is a special scheme to turn 
to to give government money to support a scheme to help ethnic minority people in Hong Kong become domestic servants. Yeah. Where do you start with that? But I he mean, always says the, things the, like the, that. The Are insult- you really having this reaction? Yeah, I it's know. like, here we go. Yeah, I know. I know. You should be calmer. Although, the trouble is that with people like this, if you treat them with silence, they take silence as being approval. Okay. If you treat their arguments seriously, you get into a tangle of, of self-righteous anger at the nonsense that, that comes out of their lips. But, I mean, in this case... Incidentally, I mean, I'm, I hate to drag little factoids into the occasion, but of course, there's nothing stopping anybody in Hong Kong becoming a domestic servant if they want to be so. They probably the money's there. No one's touched it, have they? I, I was going to say exactly. <laughs> they probably don't want to be paid less than the the minimum wage. They probably don't want to work, you know, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen hours a day. I mean, gosh, these people are complete slackers, and they probably don't like the idea of being in a powerless relationship entirely dependent on their employers. So, you know, there is a reason why local people haven't flooded to the ranks of domestic service in Hong Kong. Well, let's not forget... Although, there is, as I say, there is nothing in law to prevent them from doing it. But thank you, Junius, for saying that people... Genius. Of, a, of, a, of, a, of an ethnic persuasion, as I believe he would look at it... Most of whom the, were born and bred here, by the most way. Most of whom or were born and bred here, and, and, and of them. particularly in the... Uh, community from the Indian subcontinent, most of whom have actually been here. And from, the Nepalese, been here. and from the Nepalese well, no, I was, community. I was talking who, particularly who about the Indian subcontinent because a lot of those families have been here for four, even five generations, which yeah. is longer than a lot of so-called, in inverted commas, local people. And I was talking about the Nepalese community because on the whole they're very hard and they'd like to have a little talk with him behind <laughs> the bike sheds. Well, um, of course we wouldn't encourage that sort of thing I but um, <laughs> but um, if it should happen, you know... Well, look, this is just another trifle it's, from the week. Let's have another. Let's have a strawberry on the top before well, the news. Well, a, a quick strawberry would be, um, although I have no particular interest in these pe- people. I mean, I was sad to see that this uh, bike renting company, Gobi, has, has given up the ghost. More to that story. Gotta be. Well... Oh, I think it's really simple. Like first, first of all, certain associations and clubs sabotaging their work in various <laughs> may, areas, there, possibly there, allegedly. There may have been that. I mean, the gentlemen's fact, clubs. The fact is that there's quite a lot of these bike hiring and sharing schemes around now, hmm. and and there is a woeful lack of facilities yeah. for people to go cycling. I mean, that I think is the real problem here. Even in areas near me, for example, um, you you. In the country parks where they have big roads, cyclists are often prevented by the jobsworths from, from, from entering. Why, jobs why, why would that be? I, I completely don't understand it. What, what do you reckon is the official reason? Is it, don't tell me, for your own protection? <laughs> safety, health and safety. For your own health, safety. Health and safety. Yeah. Join hands for health and safety. Act now. Have you acted now? I'm acting. <laughs> have you acted now? <laughs> you know those bikes? Here's the thing that many people don't know about bikes. They've got two wheels. So they're... At, See, they're, that's the thing most of them haven't anymore. <laughs> well, well not, not if it's a Gobi bike, because they've been sabotaged. But, it's a Gobi uh, bike, isn't yes. it? <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. We're going down that road, are we? <laughs> no, not at all. It's a brilliant idea. But, I mean, obviously in the in the right areas and there are there are a good there's, percentage there's, of yours should be a right area you would have thought so you would have thought so um uh, in uh, the, the one area near me which is very heavily populated by these bike sharing services is around Ma and San where you can yeah but 
in a very limited way, cycle along the coast. Mm. But, of course, you know how the Hong Kong government and the bureaucrats hate the coast because it has the potential to be scenic and of, of recreational... Recreational. 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 Recreational facility. And the LCSD, a very fine institution, has decided that too much recreation, very bad. Especially on a Tuesday. Let's get to the news. Foo Fighters on Radio 3 and the line for Thursday morning. I want to say hi to Alan, who sent me an email. Now the thing is too fine. Oh, yeah. He said, uh, dear Phil and Steve, is it possible for the UK to un-Brexit? I'm sure that's a question lots of people are asking, right? And a new verb. Un-Brexit? Yes. <laughs> he says, all the arguments for Brexit have been proven false. He said, the PM and everyone who isn't a raving UKIPper knows it's only going to get worse. Now that it's known for a fact that Putin's meddling influenced the vote, that can be an excuse for a redo. Let's do the Putin thing first. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I mean, the, 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 the evidence seems very strongly to suggest that there was Russian meddling in, in the referendum. I think the problem... Um, with this suggestion of a revote, it's too logical, Alan. Stop it. <laughs> yeah, well, there's that. Um, we don't like that, and Boris wouldn't like it. So certainly, it's not going to. But but among grown-ups, there is a problem. I mean, Britain isn't a country that's done very well with referenda. It's just you know, I mean, even the referendum that was held in um, two years ago. That that was a, an advisory referendum. There's nothing in the British Constitution that allows for this form of decision-making. Mm. I think if you just hold endless referenda to try and <laughs> wait until you get the result you want, um, you're on a hiding to nothing. In fact, it's worse than Unfortunately. that. Unfortunately. It does unpick the whole concept of representative government, which actually has worked pretty well with the obvious lapses. But on the whole... The way the British system works is that you elect people to Parliament through constituencies and if there's enough of them on one side of the fence, they then go off and form a government. Now, that actual that system actually has worked quite well. What I think is more plausible than having another uh, referendum is to have another election. I mean, because clearly the Tory party is in a state of collapse and that whoever comes to the... Ref- sorry, comes <coughs> to the election yeah. has to have a pretty clear set out set of proposals about what to do with this Brexit mess. Mm. So, you know, most, well, not most, all elections in, in, in the past century or so have been essentially between two parties, the Conservatives and Labour. So if the Labour Party can get its act together and say, you know, this is an effing disaster, we will now do this and we, and, you know, if we're elected, we then have a mandate to do this, that and the other. Do you remember back in the day when it wasn't, it wasn't a Conservative or Labour win, and we had, you know, back in your days, pounding the beat. Well, you're, you're talking about the 18th century, which, of course, I remember... The Whigs quite, and all that I, stuff. I remember that quite well. Yeah. It, it is true. I mean, it's, it's interesting you bring that up, because, of course, you know, it is true that, that nothing is forever. You cannot assume that Conservative and Labour Party will be the eternal dominant forces in the British political system. I mean, you look what's happened in other places in Europe. A political party formed within weeks by Emmanuel Macron completely swept aside the great political parties who had ruled France for years, the, the Gaullists, the Socialists, even the Communist Party, which had never... Well, they'd been in governments, but they hadn't ruled. Um, you know, that happened in, in Greece. You have a, a ruling party 
Tsipras, which didn't exist um, 10 years ago. In Italy, you have a ruling coalition made up of at least two parties who have never had a whiff of government before. So, yes, it is entirely possible that you can change the political architecture. I mean, the British system, because it doesn't have proportional representation, makes it a lot harder to do. But, hey, it don't mean it can't be done. I did say Whigs with an H because they were another party and they... they commanded the scene back in, of course, the 1700s yes, and stuff. Yes, yes. Well, as I said, in the 18th century when I was born, they were, they were quite a big force, and um, I knew most of them personally. And then, of course, time. they were the P-lights. And the, yeah, but they, they were, in fact, Tories. OK, well, they were um, Tories. Yeah, yeah. But, but you know, <coughs> I mean, the fact of the matter is that, that, that um, the Liberal Party, which, which for, for many years was a plausible um, ruling party in Britain, is now a plausible minority party, and they get very excited if they've got, like, 30 members of the House of Commons. So, you know, it, it, as I say, no, no, nothing is forever. Unless, of course, you're under dictatorship, and then things are forever until they stop being forever. I'll tell you what, and surprisingly enough, I don't actually know this, I'm just reading it. Go on. But... But it says here the last... Well, OK, Ramsay MacDonald had what was called National Labour, so that was yeah. probably just a different... But the last Liberal, and there were bunches of them. I mean, we're talking from the, the early, 19th century, early, early 1900s. Yeah. Uh, Bannerman, uh, Campbell Bannerman, yeah. Asquith and Lloyd George. Yes. But that's the last time Liberals yes. ran the yes. show. <laughs> so, you know, uh, poor old... What's his name? I'm trying to... Oh, even... and Bona Law. Oh, Bona... <laughs> I didn't know where they got that from. <laughs> Bone of law. Yeah, but I mean, the poor old uh, Liberals now, the Liberal Democrats, as they're called, and I can't even remember the name of the leader of the Liberal Democrats. This is very embarrassing, because I've actually met him and, and had conversations with him. That was when he was in the Labour Party, <laughs> incidentally. Um, <laughs> you know, they're so, they're so visible and noticeable that most people can't remember the names of any of them anymore. Yeah, in my entire Certainly, life. Certainly, if he was called Boner, I might have remembered what, his Boner name. Boner Books. <laughs> Come in. My name's Julian, and this is my friend Sandy. <laughs> Let's get back to it, Steve. You have Let's to come. Know, you have Alan, around the horn to know that. Around the horn is comedy radio genius. Uh, Alan, thank you very much for the email. That gave us a bit of fun. What do you did. want to do? Well, well, I, I, I just think we we just need to shuttle back to Hong Kong for, oh. for a quick quick pause. Go on. And um, we're, we're pausing. Unfortunately, I'm sorry to do this. So, apology to the listener. We're pausing back at Legco, where they rushed through yesterday a whole bunch of uh, expenditures projects into the hundreds of millions of dollars uh, including 50 million for these urgently needed musical fountains in Quintal. really the 50 million i wonder what they're going to play it's um they'll just do a live relay of whatever's on rthk I, i'm very Blimey. sure that's how it's going to work they won't be moving very <laughs> high will they <laughs> I mean, you know but but the, the narrative that went along with the passing of all these so-called local projects, well, they're not so-called, they are local projects, mm. is, is, oh, well, you know, they've got to go through because we're fed up with obstruction. I'm thinking, no, actually, you should be not fed up with scrutiny of spending proposals because boys in Legco and girls in Legco, that's what you're paid to do, scrutinise bills, not just put your hands up. But the new narrative is that unless you vote for something that the government has has proposed a musical fountain you're, you're or a goose in Shenzhen. Well, I like the musical fountains Concrete because they goose. cost more. 
<laughs> the concrete goose. It's kind of vulgar when you think of people who could do with a bubble too, isn't it? It is, it is. And, I mean, um, Kuntong isn't the richest district in Hong Kong. Yeah. I know that they, uh, like everywhere else in Hong Kong, they've got their luxury developments. But on the whole, it is not a rich district. Is the most urgent and pressing thing... In Kuantong, the provision of a musical fountain for 50 million bucks, I have to say, I doubt that. What's it for exactly? I mean, it, it is exactly for what it is. I mean, so it's, it's part of the waterfront development, which incidentally is a good thing in Kuantong, yeah. because Kuantong has a neglected waterfront. But yet again, instead of saying, oh gosh, Kuantong, that area of Kuantong, the north area of Kuantong, um, you know, extends all the way up to the harbour. Why don't we make it a great, massive, lovely green space for recreational areas? Mm. Oh, no, no, we need equipment. We need, you know, fountains that go up and down syn- synchronizedly and with awful music. I bet you the music will be crap. <laughs>